in this episode, we are discussing breathwork. We talk a little bit about the history of breathwork, our own experiences with it, and we even have a little interview with an expert for you. This is Heather Wood and Jamie Hayhurst, and this is the Intuitive Girls Guide. Hey, Jamie, you know, there's something I would love to learn a little bit more about that I thought we could talk about today. Yeah. What's that? Um, breath work. Yes. It just so happens I have a bunch of information prepared just for that topic. Wow. (laughs) (laughs) I'm excited because I have done breath work before in a couple of different forms, but I really don't know much about it. So I'm excited to learn something. That's how I felt about it too. So I figured this would be a good topic for us to like, um, look into and learn about. And I also think it's something that people feel like, oh, it's easy. It's just breathing. Why do I even have to learn about it? But it's really a lot more than that, actually. Agreed. Agreed. It's powerful. Yeah. So I'm going to have you, you know, when we get to like the different types, I'm going to make you talk about your experiences, like the different types that you've tried and stuff like that. Um, Can't wait. So breath work, technically it refers to any type of breathing exercise or technique. People often perform them to improve like mental wellness, physical wellness, or to improve like their spiritual connection. Mm -hmm. Um, During breath work, you intentionally change your breathing pattern. So that's why it's not just like breathing or paying attention to your breathing. It's actually sort of like a rhythmic cyclical breathing that you do. It's amazing to me how stopping and taking like a couple mindful deep breaths can make you feel so much better, but that I rarely think to do it. <laughs> yeah. And I feel like when it's suggested, suggested, or if you suggest it to someone else, like if I suggest it to my kids, it's kind of like a, Oh, like, uh, like obviously like that's not really going to help. But then when you actually do it, it actually really does help. It really does. Um, so there are many forms of this type of therapy that involve breathing in these like conscious ways. Um, and there are like apps out now. There's a ton of different places online and on Instagram where you can find different people doing that. We actually have um, someone that we'll be interviewing towards the end of this episode that um, that's her job. She is a holistic wellness consultant and she specializes in breath work. Um, her I name is Rachel from her. Yeah, her name is Rachel Riley. She works in Boston um, and she's going to go through all the techniques that she uses and what she thinks about it and how she thinks it helps people. Um, So that's going to be really um, interesting, I think. Um, But you can find coaches like that everywhere. It's really like it's very it's now very accessible. So if it's something you're interested in, there's no reason not to because it's everywhere. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Um, I personally was first introduced to breath work without really knowing it when I was doing yoga and Mm -hmm. they have you, they have you do that pranayama breathing. Um, And that refers to breathing exercises that clear the physical and emotional obstacles in your body. Um, And and doing that, moving those obstacles frees up space in your system and your energetic body for the prana to move through you, which is prana is is life energy. Mm -hmm. Um, that was the first place I think I saw that breathing could really um, impact your body. And then from there impact your state. Like I noticed my state changing when I was doing that in yoga. Yeah. It's really amazing how connected those things are and how most of us go through life 
like a really far way before we figure that out. Right. But agreed. And yoga was my first time trying it. And I was, I remember feeling kind of silly at first. I don't know how you felt, but then being like, oh, I don't care how silly I look. This is, this makes me feel fantastic. Right. Because I remember there was always like that one person in class who was doing like the really loud pranayama breathing. And I was like, oh my God, what are they doing? And then a couple (laughs) classes in, I'm right there with them, like doing like the deep breathing, like the sort of low moaning thing. Yeah. Well, there's always that person in any class that's like trying to be the all-star. So like, they're like really doing it up. So I, I found that too, but then you sort of find yourself like, Oh, I don't even care if people think I'm trying to be the all-star of breath work because this feels so fantastic. Right. It's actually helping. Exactly. Yeah. Well, I think this is actually a perfect place to put in a clip that we have from Heather's mom, who I have adopted as my own mom, the show mom. She's the mom of the IgG. Her name is Lynn. Um, she is a yoga instructor. And so I asked her if she would give us a little clip about how she can explain to us pranayama breathing and the benefits that it can give for you. Yeah, let's roll the clip. In the ancient yogic teachings, the practice of directing the breath is called pranayama. Prana means breath and yama means control, and it teaches you to breathe consciously with awareness and with intent. We breathe so shallowly throughout the day that when we take the time to breathe deeper, slower, and more mindfully, the physical benefits are often immediate. Pranayama goes a step further than a simple awareness of the breath, using specific rhythms and techniques. If you are angry, you will breathe faster. If you are calm, you will breathe softer and slower. Rather than allowing your emotions to change your breathing patterns, you can use the breath to transform your emotional state. Please check out the show notes for six different pranayama techniques that you can use. Let's end with a quick pranayama technique. Take a nice, slow, easy, deep breath. Put your left hand on your chest and your right hand on your belly. Feel your chest and belly rise and fall. Feel the air as it enters your nostrils. Tune into your body and see how it feels when you are mindful of your breath and when you slow it down. Be aware of the thoughts in your head, but don't attach to them. Oh, I love that, Lynette. I love her. Thank you, Lynn. If you're listening, thank you for that clip. I appreciate it. She's awesome. I mean, I know that I'm biased because she's my mom, but um, yeah. yeah, she's awesome. We love her. She's the best. Um, all right. So now that we've we've got a little refresher on that, we know what's going on. Um Let's, this was your question, Heather, actually, was when did it start? Yes. So the answer is that it's like all things that is now quote unquote new age, which we don't like that term. And this is exactly why we don't like it is because Mm -hmm. all these things that are like spiritual or new age or whatever you want to call it, they're not new. (laughs) They're old. Um, And they're this like this sort of breath work, I mean, it obviously wasn't called whatever we're calling it now, but that intentional conscious breathing, breathing to affect the state of your energetic body has been happening. It dates back to the fifth and sixth century BC. So thousands of years. That's amazing. Yeah. So, I mean, it's, it's been here, but it's like, um, it's one of those pagan things that we always knew. We inherently knew it. We didn't question it. Um, but then we had to relearn it in modern times because we had to stop all that stuff when the patriarchy came stomping around. Absolutely. And don't, 
Don't you feel like when you go to research this stuff and you're like, oh, it was in every culture, it's been here forever. Like, I always feel like it must have been so quote unquote normal to do Mm -hmm. things like this, that it wasn't even like written down or smuggled information because it was just what everybody did. Right. And that's why I don't even know if I believe the dates of like five and sixth century BC, because I feel like it has to actually have been a lot longer than that. But I mean, you know, that's how all these things are. We're relearning them and and connecting back to ourselves. Um, Mm -hmm. We just have to be careful about how we're packaging that and that we're not appropriating it as we're going, you know. Which is why when somebody says new age, I think I get like my hackles up because for some reason that triggers me to think that there's going to be some cultural appropriation happening. Right. Be, right. Cause it's being taken over and, and it, and people don't know the roots of it. So they're trying to like reclaim it and remake it when it's really been in existence for forever. Exactly. Exactly. So it was in the 1960s and the 1970s that we start to see the emergence of it coming back into sort of like, I don't know, pop culture or like the mainstream media or, or whatever, when people started talking about breath work again as um, a practice. And we'll get into that. I have a, we're going to go over like the lists of different types of breathing and like what their, the theories are behind them. Mm-hmm. And we'll go over them and like who the people are that sort of reintroduce them. Um, awesome. But so what does breath work help with? We just said earlier that it's to help you, like if you want to calm down, if you're upset. Um, there's a list, you know, for me, this reads like the benefits of Reiki or acupuncture or any type of spiritual type of energetic healing modality where I'm going to list these things for you and they're accurate. But I also think that it's one of these things that you could never actually list all the things that it helps with. It's kind of like, most energy work modalities when people are like, Oh, what do you use? What do you go to Reiki or acupuncture or something for? And you're just like, for what I need. (laughs) Right. Exactly. Or people ask me like, what can Reiki help me with? And I'm like, literally almost anything. Like (laughs) I can't write that on a a business card. It can help with so many things. And I think that because breath work helps with the system and, and managing your nervous system, that it can help with way more things than I'm about to list. Um, but a general like bulleted list would be, it helps with anxiety, chronic pain, anger issues, depression, PTSD, grief and loss, emotional effects of physical illness. So like when you start, you have chronic illness and then the the sort of byproducts of that, Mm -hmm. it helps to increase immunity. It helps process emotions and it improves focus. Yes. That last one, especially for me. Um, I, I, I think I would have said like, Oh, grounding, but focus, improving focus is even more specific to, to the point that I'm always like, why don't, before I do anything, why don't I do a quick breath work exercise? Because the ability to, to think is so much clearer. It's amazing. Right. And I think that that's something that proves exactly how we inherently know that breath work works is because it's like, what do you do when you're really scared and you're about to go do something? You literally go like, you take like one breath. I mean, you probably need like a hundred, like it'd probably be more beneficial to do a bunch in a row. But like, that's to me, it's always like, that's how I know that breath work is legit because I do it naturally. Yeah. Your system is designed to alter your breathing depending on like what you're doing or going through. So it just, it makes total sense. Exactly. So 
Now, how does breath work work? So this is sort of like the science of it. Um, but this is what I love because um, we've always known this stuff. This is the stuff. This is like what I always talk about, the intersection of intuition and science and how they're not actually enemies. Like everyone wants you to feel like they are. Mm-hmm. They're not. It, this is this. What I'm about to go over is the science, like the medical backing um, that will explain what's happening in the system. But we already knew it worked without this scientific backing. It's just like, this makes it easier for people to get on board. Absolutely. I, I love when intuition and science are BFFs because it really, it really, it, as someone who enjoys both. <laughs> right. Love, yeah. Okay. It, it helps it, people accept it from wherever you are. If it's easier for you to like see science and accept it, or if you're just, you know, intuitive and, and you hear like your list of benefits and that works, like it just, it just covers more bases, I think. Right. And if you are skeptical, I bet after a couple of times of finding the scientific backing of something intuitive, you're not going to look for it anymore because you're going to realize that it's everywhere. We're just now, we are now catching up to what our intuition always knew, mm-hmm. Excellent. you know? Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, so Deep breathing and relaxation activate the other part of our nervous system, the parasympathetic nervous system, which sends a signal to the brain. This is the science stuff to tell the anxious part of us that we are safe and that we don't need to use the fight or flight or the freeze response. Deep breathing gets more oxygen into the thinking brain. The problem is the way that we see trauma in this society because what I've said this in other episodes is that we see trauma as like some like horrific catastrophe Mm -hmm. or some really scary event or like a war wound or something, which it is. Um, But we cannot, we activate the fight or flight or freeze or fawn response all the time. Like we can, Mm -hmm. it can be an argument with, with, you know, a partner, it can be a stressful day at work. It can be like a little, like, road rage that you feel on the way home. It could be a bill that you get that's overdue. Like that is enough to trigger our brain into fight or flight or freeze. Yeah. Anytime where you get like that big shot of fear for whatever reason, you're most likely activating that system. And then when that happens, the brain like activates cortisol to like protect you and keep you safe but then your body almost like forgets how to turn that off. Mm -hmm. So then you're constantly living in fight or flight. And then you end up with these like really chronic conditions over, over a span of time. We talked about this a little bit in another episode um, where we talked about stress and our response to stress and how, because our lives are full of chronic stress now and, and we used to sort of our caveman brains were designed to deal with like outrunning a bear and right, then exactly. over and then you celebrate and take a nap. Like because right. we don't do that now, we've sort of lost that um, again, that sort of natural intuitive way of dealing with stress. Like our, we have to like kind of intervene and help our bodies manage it. Exactly. And so these are the type of modalities like breath work that help us do that. Um, Cause I think sometimes we don't even know that these, these chemical processes that happen in our brain you know, the sympathetic system, the parasympathetic system, they switch on and off without us even knowing that's what keeps you like moving when there's a bear coming at you. Mm-hmm. Um, 
that we don't, I think a lot of us are so sort of desensitized to the stresses of our own lives that we don't even know we need to like turn, turn it off. Absolutely. Absolutely. It's just normal. I know. And it's, it sucks to say it, but I think it's true is that we're, we're just so, it's so normalized. Um, Agreed. All right. So here are the mechanics of it. And I got this from the Harvard medical school website. So you know that this shit is legit. Oh yeah. I mean, that's a, that's a good name drop. (laughs) It was an article about breath work. Um, It wasn't just about like the fight or flight response. So we do have like, you know, really serious medical communities looking into this type of stuff, which again, I love when science meets intuition. Thank goodness. Yeah, exactly. Um, So when someone experiences a stressful event, the amygdala, an area of the brain that contributes to emotional processing, it sends a distress signal to the hypothalamus. So this area of the brain functions like a command center and it communicates with the rest of the body through the nervous system so that the person who's in this stressful situation has the energy and and the drive to move or get out or to fight or to flight or to freeze. Mm-hmm. Um, this is communicated through the um, autonomic nervous system, and it controls um, lots of involuntary body functions like breathing, blood pressure, heartbeat, um, the dilation and constriction of blood vessels, and it gets like air into your lungs. So it's really doing like really base, if like root root chakra st- type stuff, if you want to think of it that way, like the brain is really just looking to keep you alive. Yeah, survival for sure. Right, <laughs> exactly. So the autonomic nervous system has two components. And I want to, I want, I'm interested to see if you've heard of this phrase before, Heather. Um It has the sympathetic nervous system and the parasympathetic. The sympathetic nervous system functions like a gas pedal in the car. It triggers the fight or flight response, providing the body with a burst of energy so it can respond to danger. The parasympathetic system acts like the brake. So it's just like in a car, you can't press the brake and the pedal at the same time. You have to be doing one or the other. So if you're done with like whatever the stressor situation is, you then have to like hit the brake, right? You have to signal to your body that it's like, we're breaking. We don't need all this like adrenaline. We don't need this cortisol. Like we need to chill type of energy. I have not heard that analogy before, but I love it. I do too. I think it's really interesting when you think about it being like something that you have to choose. Yes. And also that you have the power to choose it. Right. Right. Exactly. It's funny because the language that I use to myself when I am trying to bring myself down from the fight or flight response is I always say to myself, pump the brakes, pump the brakes. Uh, Me too. Me too. Oh, it looks Look like you. Yeah. Intuitive. Harvard's got nothing on us, baby. <laughs> <laughs> oh. So this, when you hit the brake of the parasympathetic nervous system, it's called, um, it promotes what's called the rest and digest response. Mm. And it calms the body down after the danger has passed. So what breath work does is that it brings oxygen in and it activates that rest and digest slash like parasympathetic system in your body that calms us down and it restores balance back. So it's like taking the foot off the gas and putting it on the brake. Ooh. Rest and digest. Is it like literal digest? I think it probably does. I think it probably does work to digest. Because it's got to release all that stuff that just happened. 
yeah, all the chemicals that your brain has just pumped out like furiously, just like emer- like in an emergency response, even though it might not be a real emergency, mm-hmm. your body has to process all of that. That's why that's why systems in your body get affected after your when you live in that fight or flight or freeze mode. That's why your thyroid starts to be affected, your adrenals, your liver. That's why all of that stuff starts to like have chronic illness or pain or issues is because it can't keep up with detoxing all those chemicals out of you. Yeah. And and isn't it isn't it a thing too where because you're in that survival mode in fight or flight, like your body doesn't prioritize digestion or right. getting rid of hormones or something like it's, it's not doing that. So it feels like it's literally say rest and digest and hit that break is like switching it to like sort of reprioritize those things. Right. Like you're giving your body permission to let all the other functions start happening again. Like you said in another episode, I forget which one it was, but we talked in an episode about how, you know, in an emergency your body doesn't care about what your hormones are doing, right? I think it was the self-care episode. Yes, that probably was it. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's like you need to give your body permission. When you sit down, you do some breath work, you walk yourself some of, through some of these exercises, it's like you're you're telling all these other systems to start working again. It's, the body is so amazing. And it's also amazing that this is something that we used to know to do. And that we we no longer do. Exactly. And it's almost like we know more about it. Like we have names for all these things. We understand how they work, like the amygdala and the parasympathetic nervous system. We have all this information now, but we don't actually know to actually use any of it. That sounds like typical human behavior. To right? me. <laughs> it's sort of ridiculous when you think about it. It's, it's frustrating that we don't know to just do it. Agreed. Agreed. All right. So now we're going to go over those different types of breath work I mentioned. Awesome. Okay. We'll get into like the sixties and the seventies and where this came up. And it actually is interesting. I went on a little bit of a journey. I wasn't expecting to go on because all of a sudden I was reading about like LSD and like psychedelic trips and stuff. And I had no idea. Yeah. So the first one, I mean, breath work, I think, you know, can be as simple as like you, being, being very conscious about breathing and doing it mindfully. But there's also many different types of breath work where you learn different patterns, you hold breath for different periods of time. Um, Rachel, we'll talk with Rachel about that in our interview with her. Um, but this is, so I'm just going to go over three of the different, like these would be sort of like the main schools of breath work that you would find if you were looking to get into breath work. Awesome. Um, the first is holotropic breath work. Um, and the goal of this is to achieve wholeness of the mind, the body, and the spirit. Ses- sessions are facilitated by certified practitioners who've completed the Groff Transpersonal Training Program. Um, so this is something you go and you learn how to do. You take, you get the certificate, and then you can, you can practice it. Um, I also am one to say, like, you don't really need permission to breathe. You don't need a certificate for that. (laughs) But if you want to do something like as an actual practice, as a job, yeah, take take the course and and figure out what you're doing and how it's working in the system. Yeah. And if you're going to mess with people's breathing and sometimes like the emotions that that can trigger and stuff, it's a good idea to get a little little certification in that. I'm okay. I agree. 
So with the aid of evocative music and occasional body work, participants are guided through breathing exercises while they're laying down. This is one of the practices that emerged in the 1960s and brought what was an ancient technique back to our modern life. Um, Dr. Stanislav Grof, he originally used to work with LSD for many years as a therapeutic tool. So he was a doctor, he was a therapist, and he worked with LSD to help people um, process traumatic experiences and, and heal whatever their issues were that they were seeing him for. I feel like that's coming back a little bit too, not necessarily with LSD, but using different drugs to like move through trauma and stuff. Yeah. Like psilocybin, like microdosing mushrooms is, is very um, trendy. And there are a lot of medical studies being done about its effectiveness. And it's actually showing that it's very effective in helping um, trauma and with like re-regulating like the brain chemicals. So interesting. So maybe this Dr. Groff was onto something, but essentially someone came up and said, you can't use LSD anymore. Right. <laughs> like <laughs> little, little risky, some side effects could be possible. <laughs> exactly. Um, so when LSD was banned from like practicing, he believed that since these healing states could be accessed, accessed through a substance, that he he thought that the receptors for that type of experience existed in our brains. So there should be a way to reaccess them. So he's saying like, if I, if I can give you LSD and I can ignite and like, and get these receptors in your brain working to heal this stuff, then they should be accessible without LSD. They're still there. I like the way he thinks. Right. Agreed. Um, so then he spent the next period of time researching both how, Traditional societies have accessed these states, but he also studied like modern consciousness theory. So he sort of mixed like how um, ancient cultures use these things, but then also mixed it with like modern psychology. Cool. Yeah, I like it. Um, over a period of several months, he developed a one day workshop modality that allowed participants to access these healing, not these states of healing through the use of breath work and music. He called it holotropic breathwork. Love it. So he's the first. The he's the first person that I could find that was like creating an actual modality of it. Was he the first one ever in modern culture? Of course not. But like, he's the first one that really looked into it, created a technique and a modality, and then started to like teach it to other people. Yeah, it sounds like he really pioneered the sort of movement of it coming back for sure. Right. Mm-hmm. Exactly. We'll be right back after this short break. Hey, Jamie, do you know what goes really well with listening to a podcast? A great cup of coffee. Yep. And if you're local to South Shore, Massachusetts, you've got to check out Restoration Coffee. They're a specialty coffee shop that's been voted best coffee on the South Shore numerous times. And they offer more than just a great cup of coffee. They have specialty lattes, breakfast and lunch options, a cool vibe, and a really friendly staff. And if you're local or not, you can also order their beans, which are roasted in-house, by the way, and have them shipped anywhere. Yes. I'm going to go grab myself an Americano. Yo, grab me a Rachel with oat milk. That's my favorite latte. All right. You got it. And you know what, Jay? The owner is also really hot. Um, you should know you're married to him. 
<laughs> All right. Visit restoration-coffee.com. That's restoration-coffee.com. And tell them that the intuitive girl sent you. So the next one is called rebirthing breathwork. Mm. It's pretty much exactly what it sounds like. <laughs> um, it's also known as conscious energy breathing. And it's based on the premise that all humans carry with them the trauma of their birth experience. Mm-hmm. So in the 1970s, after re-experiencing his own birth in a bathtub, mm-hmm. Leonard Orr, this gentleman's name, he was inspired to help others find the same inner peace. So I guess he had this like hot tub time machine experience where <laughs> literally, right? He exactly went back to his own birth and re-experienced it and realized like, and he did that through breathing. He was breathing a certain way and it brought this memory back to him and he was able to process it and then let it go. Yeah. You want to know something weird? Mm. I was asked to observe a rebirthing breath work session one time for somebody because they were really afraid that they were going to um like their energetic like like energetically not be okay so they asked me to come and like keep an eye on them so I got to watch there was no there was no hot tub (laughs) (laughs) no tub but I got to watch a rebirthing breath work and it was it was crazy but it was awesome was it yeah Mm-hmm. That's awesome. Uh, hey, what uh, teach their own? Like, totally, totally. Like, I never, today. I never felt in my life like, oh, there's, we got some birth trauma affecting me right now. Right. Um, but I'm, I'm not opposed to it. I, I'd, I'd be down to try it for sure. And I think it would be a traumatic experience. No, I mean, um, yeah, <laughs> it's traumatic as the person giving birth. So I'm imagining it's also traumatic as the one going through it. Exactly. Literally. Exactly. Um, so yes, so the goal of rebirthing is to help people release energy blockages that have been stored in the body and the mind due to suppressed trauma. In treatment, participants are asked to lie down, relax, and breathe normally through the use of conscious, connected, circular breathing inhibition surface. The tensions of past trauma are then illuminated. Deep relaxation is used to promote brain waves that lead to the release of subconscious issues and pent up energy. Amazing. Right. I mean, and that's all, that's what I love about energy work is that there's so many different modalities, but they all do the same thing. Like you could probably do that with Reiki. You could do that with acupuncture. You could release all of those traumas in different ways, but this is another thing to add to the list, another way to do it. I love it. And I especially love just like all those methods you named when it's something that like facilitates you doing it for yourself. It's not like you're going in and having some practitioner heal you. Like you're having someone assist you in healing yourself. And to me, that's the, that's like the gold star. (laughs) I agree. I totally agree. Cause you are, they're leading you through it, but you're doing the breathing. You're getting it out of your system you're having, you're feeling the emotions as they leave. Like that's on you. And that's, that's really powerful when you do that. Agreed. Okay. So this last one is um, clarity breath work and it addresses any and all issues that hinder the healthy flow of energy and breath. Mm-hmm. It's based on the idea that in, in Lynn 
mention this, that most people do not breathe at their full capacity. Mm-hmm. And I, for one, can say I do not. I definitely do not breathe at my full capacity. I don't either. Why don't we breathe? I don't know. It's very strange. It's, it, but when you actually start doing the breath work and breathing, you're like, whoa, I am not. I'm doing like 15% of this oxygen intake. Yeah. And sometimes I catch myself and I'm like, why am I holding my breath? Like sometimes I'm just not even breathing at all. Right. And then you right. take a few like really big deep breaths and it's like, why can't I just always breathe like this? <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Um, the main goal of clarity breath work is to teach people how to breathe fully. It's similar to the rebirthing. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was developed by two women, Ashana Solaris and um, Dharma Devi. This practice supports healing and transformation by, again, clearing blocked energy, um, moving blocked emotions, um, and they use the physiological impact of controlling your breathing to do all of that movement. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, and I lied. There's one more. There's four. Sorry. Oh, perfect. Um, okay. The last, one, <laughs> last one is biodynamic breath work. And this one I thought was interesting because it... Um, It's known fully, the full name is Biodynamic Breath and Trauma Release System. And it integrates six elements. The elements are breath, movement, sound, touch, emotion, and meditation. Mm -hmm. So this is more like a well-rounded, more comprehensive modality. They're doing more than just breath work, Mm -hmm. right? You're you're moving, you're, um, you're meditating, you're doing different things, but breath work is the component that's consistent through this. And I think like lead you into it and lead you out of it. Yeah. Um, but it seeks to release tension, support natural healing and restu- restructure internal systems. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, they're all, they're all kind of doing the same thing, but, but in different ways. So I think they're all beneficial. Agreed. I'm down to do all of those. I've done two of them and I've observed one of them. <laughs> Which two have you done? The last two I have done. Okay. Um, the only, the last part before we get to our interview is that there, I noticed that online, there are a lot of different types of breath work that you can have done. Like they all have their own names, mm-hmm. but they're actually all using the same theory. So I just wanted to go through some so that you, we could, you could hear them and know that they are legit types of breath work. That's really helpful. Cause they're, you're right. There are so many different like terms and names out there. Right. Cause I kept looking them up and they kept using the same thing. Like we're using like cyclical breathing, conscious breathing, we're using pattern breathing. So it's all, it's all the same, but, but definitely different. But I mean, I, I mean the same in that it's, it's all going to be beneficial. They just have different names. Sort of like if you were going to a yoga class, there might be called like a bunch of different kinds of yoga, but it's all yoga, right? Exactly. Yeah, exactly. So some of the names you might hear would be integrative breath work, shamanic breath work, vivation, Zen yoga breath work, transformational breath work. And this is what I want to ask you about, Heather, um, the Wim Hof method. Mm-hmm. So I know that Wim Hof, I feel like as far as I know, he's like the hot, this is like the hot program that lots of people have been using because he was on that episode of goop. Remember? Yes. So I first heard about Wim Hof through uh, Tony Robbins. He does like a, right. A part of one of his, like a presentation at a Tony Robbins event. That's where I first came across Wim Hof. Um, He's amazing. 
if I say go look him up, I'll put some kind of link in the show notes to find him. You can get he has an app that you can do a free version of with some breath work on it too. Right. Um, but he's actually he's known for breath work, but he's also known for um like his ability to use cold as an element for healing. Yes. Um, but you can look him up. He can like hold his breath for like a crazy long time. I don't know. I don't know how long I wish I did off the top of my head, but it's minutes. It's, it's so long and he like breaks records and he can do all this stuff. And I don't know how old he is, but he's not a young man. Um, No, no, he's easily in his fifties or sixties. Yeah. So he's, it's really incredible. I've done some of his, I've done one of his programs. You do like certain breathwork exercises and then you do um, cold water submersion. So like mm-hmm. or ice baths. Um, super cool, super beneficial. Um, I really liked it. I think if you're looking for something to do like daily for a few weeks to like reset your system, I think that's a, that's a great one. I feel like his stuff is more connected to like physical benefits Yep. Like immunity. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Um, I actually, at the beginning of the pandemic, like got really into him because I felt like I needed some sort of thing I could do to feel healthy. (laughs) Healthy and protected. Exactly. Yeah. He's cool though. Um, I did his program for a couple of weeks on that free app too. And it's interesting because when I was doing the research of this, you you can find these really weird um, articles online where people are talking about like, like tripping using breath work. Like I tripped and used, I don't mean tripped on your feet. I mean, like had like a, a hallucinogenic moment, like, and people be like, I tripped um, with just my breath or something like that. And I wouldn't have believed that except that when you start to do actual breath work, you realize that the oxygen going into your system really like alters the state of your mind at first. Absolutely. To the point where it's almost, um, I don't know if scary is a bit too dramatic, but it's, it's strange. Yeah. And he says, if you get dizzy, stop. Like, and I was getting, like, I remember one time I had to stop. Cause I was like, I felt like the room was spinning around me. It, like mm-hmm. it's really affecting the the processes of your brain. Absolutely. And I've done um, sort of like integrative breath work for healing. Like I've done those kind of sessions. I've done them in a group and I've done them privately. Um, and it's amazing by someone who knows what they're doing, obviously, like they give like a cue about like healing something or leaning into an emotion or like an age or something. And all of the sudden you're kind of tripping and like seeing it and feeling things. And like, it's, and really like the main thing that you're doing is concentrating on your breath work as someone's just kind of giving you cues. And so the tripping part, I can totally see totally. Yeah. It's so interesting. It's really yeah. interesting. Yeah. If you need just like a quick trip, try some breath work. A legal trip. Yeah. A legal trip. Yeah. If you can't yeah. get that doctor's LSD prescription, then you can try <laughs> breath work. <laughs> All right. Well, I think now is a perfect time to talk to Rachel and to see what she thinks about breath work. She can tell us about her practice and she can answer whatever questions um, that we have. I'm so excited to talk to her. All right, let's go. All right, here we are with Rachel. Hi, Rachel. How are you? I'm great, Jamie. How are you? 
Welcome. I'm so excited for you to be here. Um, this is Rachel Riley. She is our guest speaker. She's our expert on breath work. We brought her in so she can explain to you all the ins and outs of it. Um, she is a holistic wellness consultant and she specializes in breath work. Her, um, her business is called RKR Evolve. You can find her on Instagram at RKR Evolve. And she also has a website of the same name. And we'll put all of this information in the show notes for you so that if you want to book a session with her, if you have some questions for her, you, you can go right to the show notes and find out where to get in touch with her. All right. You guys ready to talk about breath work? I'm so excited. Let's do it. So this is my question. And we discussed this like earlier in the episode, but, um, Everyone hears about breath work and like taking a deep breath, like calm down, take a deep breath. Um, but I don't feel like people actually really understand what's happening. So if you had just, if you could in just a couple words, ex- give us like a real short synopsis of what you think the, like the benefits are of breath work that I think that'd be like a great place to start for our listeners. For sure. I think the, the biggest thing about breath work is that when you're told, take a deep breath, like how many people does that actually work for? You know, if someone, if someone tells me to take a deep breath, my hands go up. Like, what did you just say to me? You know, it's like, I know how to soothe myself. Don't tell me how to do it, you know? Um, But the biggest scientifically backed benefits are boosted immunity, um, stress reduction, and inflammation, which you can't feel the improvements of, you know, that oxidative stress, all these things that, that can go wrong in your body because of your environment or your habits, your lifestyle. Um, But those are probably the top three. Perfect. And I think that that's, those are things that everybody needs help with in life. For sure. Yeah. Agreed. Um, What do you think are the benefits of breath work that people overlook or don't understand? So like I had said that for me, I feel like breath work is a lot like Reiki and that it's one of those modalities that can help with everything or anything. But like, what do you, what do you find are the things that you can help people with that people are surprised by? I think more than anything, it's the connection to self and your self-awareness that can grow out of it. It's such an amazing thing. Um, And even sometimes within the first few minutes of working with clients, they can tell right away if, if they like what's happening or if they don't like what's happening. And what does that say about their own system? Okay, like is your system, are you more of a fight or flight all the time feeling person? Are you more of a rest and digest all the time feeling person? And then what pattern are you breathing in? Or what pattern am I asking you to breathe in? Does it match up or does it not? Because if you're being challenged and it's the opposite, you know, if you're a parasympathetic and you're go, 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 go all the time and I'm trying to have you slow down, you might be like, this is so boring. I can't like this isn't for me. Ah. Versus, versus the other way around, you might think, okay, like this is ramping my system up. I'm not used to this. Like, I don't like this. This is too fast. Wow. What does that look like when you, when they have that reaction of like, I don't, I don't like that. Cause I feel like that might be me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what does that look like? It looks like, so it's so funny because what, and you, I give my clients like a questionnaire, like, are you more in this column or are you more in this column to find what suits best? Right. But I've had people say, is it okay if I open my eyes? You know, you know, you're trying to zen out and relax and keep your eyes closed. Is it okay if I open my eyes? Is it okay if I sit up instead of laying down? Is it if okay, it, you know, ch- choosing one thing or another? But if you're, right, if you're saying to yourself like, oh, okay, you're going to come into a room with a stranger and we're going to have you lay down face up in Savasana, 
with your eyes closed, how many people are actually 100% comfortable with that when they're meant to be, you know, offloading all this stress in their systems, or like they're seeking out a service like that for a reason. And they're like, Oh, oh man, I'm like, now I'm now I'm worried. Or now this is not relieving my stress, this is adding to it. So I think you kind of learn about your system that way. And then it's like, okay, I went into that session feeling that way. And then the next time, you know, someone cuts you off at a red light or a stop sign, whatever, your system has the same reaction almost. So you learn like what kind of triggers you or what kind of trips up your system. They, in my studies, they called it like a tick on a record. That feeling comes back around and, and, and then you kind of say, oh, that's that. And how do you then deal with it? I love, I love that just in the thing about stopping and doing breath work that's hard for you that you can learn so much about yourself just in that piece. That's amazing. Yeah. And it makes so much sense too, that if you're someone who is constantly in fight or flight, or you've had a lot of traumatic experiences that being asked to close your eyes and be vulnerable. um, And I've seen that on the Reiki table too. It's, it's asking a lot of people if they're used to being in a really heightened reactive state. Right. Absolutely. Oh, this is interesting. I like this conversation. (laughs) So tell me this. So I think, I think especially now because of the pandemic, but also I think it's been growing for a couple of years or maybe five years. I don't know, Heather, what you think, but mindfulness is this big hot topic, right? Like this, everyone's sort of peddling mindfulness, but how do you think that breath work and mindfulness tie in? Because I think that they, I feel like they overlap a lot, but they're obviously not the same either. I think there are so many different ways to approach that. The mindfulness piece with breath work, the more you learn about it, the more you can remind yourself to breathe correctly. You know, if if we are in a state where we're go, go, go all the time, which especially on the East Coast, right? Yeah. It's like you you don't take the time to just chill out unless you're like, all right, you're one week of vacation per year, maybe. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so it's like reminding yourself in the middle of your day, like, am I even breathing? Sometimes we're so focused on other things that we're holding our breath subconsciously, and that is affecting our entire system, whether we realize it or not, right? So just taking the time to do like, okay, I'm going to breathe fluidly for two minutes a couple times a day, one time a day, or do a big breathe one time a week. It, it kind of just makes you realize like, why aren't I breathing? Right. But it's all this stuff that we're loading onto our plates that's keeping us from just living optimally. It's kind of like a biohacking thing, you know, where it's just like, if I can add this in, just like if I can add in a a green juice or, you know, some, some moderate exercise, you know, it's just one more thing. Like if you don't like yoga, try breath work, you know, it's, it's less for like the stretching and stuff like that, but it's similar enough. Mm -hmm. So picking and and choosing, I think. You don't need anything with you. You can do it anywhere mostly, right? So it's, it's yeah, yeah. It's like a built-in way to to give yourself a moment, right? Yeah, just don't operate heavy machinery while you're doing it. <laughs> exactly. Um, actually, I'm going to throw this question in. So we we talked about that how it has that sort of like you know it originated with people like maybe some people having trippy experiences with LSD and how people say that you can kind of like trip by doing breath work. What do you, what are your thoughts of that? Like don't operate heavy machinery. Um, does that scare people when they go to places like that? Or what are your thoughts on that? I think people are intimidated in general by things that they haven't tried before, you know, like no matter your stance on substances. Um, right. 
any exposure to them. If you, and two, this is the thing that I've noticed the most. I'll have people say to me that they're not comfortable doing breath work because they've heard that same comparison because it can bring back past events or past pain that people just are dead set on suppressing and like, don't want to face up to it, which in a lot of cases is understandable. I think that so many people feel that way about their traumas that we work so hard as humans to suppress them or ignore them or just be okay with them. But then once we do the work, we're like, well, why did I, why didn't I do this sooner? This, you got to get through the hard part, but then that like the freedom on the other side of it is, is worth all of the hard work to get there. Absolutely. (laughs) Well, this was incredible. I am so, so, so happy, Rachel, that you came on and spoke with us. Um, I think, I think that this, this perspective is so real life and like, really applicable to everybody um, that I think it's, you've made it very tangible for all of us. And I thank you so much. Thank you. When the pandemic's over, Jamie, let's have a date and do a breathwork session together with Rachel. Yes, we will do that. And so like I said before, everything's going to be in the show notes, but it's Rachel Riley. She's at rkrevolve.com. You can go and and meet her and learn all about her, their services that she offers and, and get in there and let's like retrain ourselves to be healthy. Yes. To breathe. Just breathe. (laughs) All right. Thank you guys. It was great. All right, Heather. Well, that was our interview. What did you think? I love it. And I love her. And I feel like I want to do all the breathwork sessions now. I know. Well, so that's what we're going to do is we're going to compile all this stuff. We're going to take the stuff that Lynn gave us and that Rachel gave us, and we're going to put it in the show notes. So go and check those. If you have any questions, let us know. If you have experiences with breathwork that you want to share, find us on Instagram or email us through the website. Um, We want to hear all of it. Yes, please do. Tag us, send us info. We want to hear about all of it. All right. I'm going to go take some deep breaths, Jay. Me too. Okay. All right. Bye. Bye. Hey, thanks for listening to our episode for show notes and a place to send feedback. Please visit our website embodylove.me slash intuitive girls. Again, that's embodylove.me slash intuitive girls.